Hello, friends. Welcome to another episode of Tell Us a Good Story. Imagine being six years old and trying out with thousands of other kids across the globe for a new film titled The Sound of Music. And then that movie goes on to become one of the top three highest grossing films of all time. Well, you guys, that is exactly what happened to our next guest, Debbie Turner. You guys, I was so excited to have this conversation with a woman who played the second youngest Von Trapp child named Marta. The problem initially was that Debbie kept using all the actors' real names and Steph didn't know who she was talking about <laughs> except for Julie Andrews. You guys, it's so true. However, Debbie was awesome to talk to. What was the casting process like? Did it feel like she was working with Mary Poppins on the set? And what did she do after becoming a famous child actor and then deciding to leave Hollywood? I think the story will surprise you guys. We can't wait for you to hear this very fun conversation with Debbie Turner. I'm Kevin. And I'm Stephanie. And during our marriage, we have dealt with an electrocution, a brain tumor, brain surgery. Then doctors telling us that children were not in our future followed by miscarriage, and then Kevin's cancer diagnosis. However, today, we live a life completely healed and restored with three healthy children who doctors said were not possible. And we're here to tell stories that inspire, give hope, and brighten your day. Welcome to Tell Us a Good Story. This episode is being presented to you by Luby Companies, a custom home builder here in central Ohio. Let them be your builder for life. They're freaking awesome. Steph. Kevin. You have Kevin. been uber excited Kevin. to talk to this next guest. Oh, I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm literally like, ah, oh, let's do this. Well, friends, our next guest is a very talented woman who was a famous child actor. She played the second youngest child, Marta Von Trapp, in the iconic film, The Sound of Music. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to Tell Us a Good Story, Mrs. Debbie Turner. Oh, Debbie. This Hi, is Kevin. so exciting. Hi, Debbie, thank you for saying yes. Did you ever think that Marta would ever say hi to us? I mean, this is blowing my mind. So, Debbie, let me tell you a quick story. So, last week when you and I were emailing back and forth, I walked upstairs to our bedroom and I was like, Steph, I've been emailing back and forth with Debbie Turner. And then I showed her my phone and it was an adult picture of you. And immediately my wife is like, oh my gosh, we're going to be talking to Marta. And I... (laughs) You knew who I was? Totally. Absolutely. Immediately I'm like, Steph, I'm pretty sure she goes by Debbie. But yes, we were talking to the actress who played Marta on The Sound of Music. Marta. I even asked him, I'm like, do I need to sing for her? What do I need to do for Marta? I'll do anything you you want. I was like, no, please don't. Please don't do that. (laughs) So do you watch The Sound of Music like every year when it's on ABC and all of that? So like how often do you actually watch the movie? At least once a year and usually twice at least. And the second time, if I go to Los Angeles or out to Hollywood, at the Hollywood Bowl, they've got a sing-along, which is pretty fabulous. So I've done that quite a lot, too. With all your cast members? Well, it just depends on who shows up. It's typically Angela Cartwright. Sometimes it's Kim Carrath and myself. But all of us have been there before, just not recently. So... Have you gone? Well, no, but I want to know who Kim Craft and Angela is. What's their Sound of Music okay. names? Kim Craft is Gretel. <gasps> Gretel. The youngest, Angela right? Cartwright <laughs> is Brigitta. Brigitta. I just, I'm so excited. <laughs> I think so much fun. Okay, so Debbie, I was shocked to read and find out that by age six, you had your own agent. Oh, I had an agent long before that. 
six months. You had your own six agent? Six months. I had an agent because I had two older sisters that did TV work. My oldest sister was on Leave it to Beaver. And she played really? a character by the name of Linda Dennison. And she was kind of Beaver's eight-year-old love interest. <laughs> and my sister, Michelle, did a lot of television commercials. So I had an agent at the age of six months old. So your parents wanted to start you off as early as possible. It's showbiz family. Yeah. I mean, I think I did a, a couple of baby commercials, but... <laughs> okay. So then by age six, right, this agent reaches out to you and your family and talks about, hey, they're casting for this movie called The Sound of Music. Okay. So what was the casting process like then for The Sound of Music? Do you remember? It's, it's quite different than they do nowadays. But at that time, I think the agent wanted to send myself and my sister, who happens to be Brigitte's age. Okay. And they had us go to 20th Century Fox. And there was hundreds of kids, of course, just reading lines for various things. And we were called to the back and we did our interviews together because, you know, we were sisters and we both had our little sailor dresses on. And so we were all set, you know, here we're Von Traps and we're in our sailor outfits. <laughs> and um, anyway, so we went back and then they asked us if we could sing Do Re Mi or sing something. Okay. And I just happened to know Do Re Mi. So I sang Do Re Mi and I, I don't remember if my sister did. But anyway, um, they asked us to stick around for a while. So we did. And then they said, thank you very much. And they said goodbye. And then I don't think my mom heard anything for a few months. Really? Well, they were interviewing kids from England. They were interviewing kids from Canada. Okay. All over the United States, New York, Chicago. So we were kind of at the beginning and then... I got a call back for a screen test probably about a couple months before they actually started shooting where I had to run in and say I was scared of the storm, you know, and look all frightened. It's pretty easy for me. I had two older sisters. So. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, I did a screen test and then found out probably just a little bit later after that, my mom came out and she goes, you got it, you got a movie. I'm like, what? You know, I'm seven. Right. You know, I don't I don't know what that means. So I'm like, okay, cool. Because I had done quite a few TV commercials prior to doing right. the sound of music. So I I kind of understood what you got it was. Yeah. And um after that, then I got to meet the rest of the cast members. So Steph, I had read where Kurt Russell, Richard Dreyfus, they had all interviewed for the Von Trapp children. And so like she oh, said, really? there were hundreds of kids that would have applied for the casting for the Von Trapp children. Well, isn't that just remarkable? Like when you put it in that grand scheme of things, like you auditioned, you know, in Hollywood or whatever, and then they went to Canada, they went to Europe, they right. did all of these castings, and you, out of all those kids, were selected to be Marta. That's mind-blowing. That well, amazing. what I think Robert Wise did in his office, he had two families that he put together, like my picture and whoever the alternate Marta would have been. And they kept flipping pictures around and deciding, you know, who they were going to pick. And I actually did my screen test with Shelley Fabre. And she didn't obviously get chosen, but Charmian did. And Charmian, she was actually 21, where the rest of us were like 13, 14, or, you know, the other kids, not me. Is that Liesl? Yes, I'm sorry. 
I, I need to use character names. Don't I? <laughs> Steph doesn't know anybody's real names. Right? <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. So shooting. How long did shooting take? Because you had to actually, I mean, you went over to Germany for several months, Kaltenberg, right? Austria, actually. Yeah. Oh, Austria. Austria. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So you went there for several months, right, to shoot. Three months. We okay. were there supposed to be two months, but Salzburg is a very rainy city. Okay. And because of the rain, there were delays. So we ended up going over budget. Not me, but the <laughs> studio went over budget. So they did what they could. And all in all, I think total filming was like seven months. And then, you know, there's all the post-production and all the rest of it didn't come out until the following year. So are you going to school and acting at the same time? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Really? The famous Francis Clamped. Francis Clamped was the Fox school teacher. There was a classroom and she actually taught Shirley Temple when she was doing all of her movies. So she was wonderful. She was great to have as a teacher. It was the only time that I got straight A's. (laughs) (laughs) Steph, what's most important to you when it comes to building a new home? Okay. I want a builder who's an expert in what they do. It's going to be honest with me and cares about even the smallest of details. Well, thankfully, we know just the builder. You know it. It's Jay and Connie Luby with Luby Companies. Friends, don't just take our word for it. Go check out their website at lubycompanies.com. That's L-U-E-B-B-E companies.com. Let them be your builder for life. They're freaking awesome. Okay, so (laughs) when you show up on set and you meet Julie Andrews for the first time, Mm -hmm. are you immediately like, oh my gosh. There's Mary Poppins. That's Mary Poppins. We had no clue about Mary Poppins at that time. No, we met Julie for the very first time doing the uh, lightning and thunder bedroom scene. And I'd never met her before. And they said, just run through that door and hop in bed with her. (laughs) I'm like, okay. (laughs) And then we met her. I mean, that was how we met. And later she told us about that. She taught us all how to say supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. <laughs> and then how to say it backwards, docious aliexpiastifragilcalorupus. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my goodness. So what is she like, I guess, in real life? Because, oh, she's wonderful. I mean, because she is such an iconic actress, one of the best yeah. ever, right? Mm-hmm. So she has this image of being like the sweetest person ever. I mean, yeah. she's just wonderful. She is exactly how she came off in the movie. I mean, and we saw her last June. She was honored by the AFI, American yes. Film Institute. I saw that. And we all showed up for that. And it was just like where we left off. I mean, we probably none of us had seen her in at least, I don't know, 15 years or better. And it was just like... You know, how are you doing? How are the kids? You know, <laughs> she, yeah, she's just um, exactly how she, you would think she is. What's your favorite memory from being on set? Well, a good memory or a naughty memory? Oh, both. <laughs> <laughs> okay. My favorite was doing the do re mi sequence, which okay. was filmed in several different locations. We mm-hmm. rode bikes, we went on picnics, we hiked around. So it was a lot of fun just doing all of that. And I would say that was probably a good portion of it. But the naughty memory I have. Okay. So they're filming the scene where Julie Andrews or Maria comes okay. to the front door for the very first time. She's got her guitar in her bag and she knocks on the door 
So in order to have this scene in Robert Wise's mind, he wanted it to be diffused behind her, like a real soft background. So they put this big screen behind her. And in the middle of takes, you know, you could move around until the red light goes off and then you all got to freeze and stop in your tracks wherever you are. So I thought, you know, I wanted to get from point A to point B really quick. And I wasn't going to be able to do it by going the long way. So I thought, well, I'll just cut right through the scene. Well, I tripped. Oh, no. And I put a body size hole through that screen. <laughs> Robert Weiss wanted to kill me. Well, <laughs> a seven-year-old. <laughs> I, you know, they, they have the big cords going all over the place right. and stuff. And I just tripped on one, fell right through the screen. <laughs> and he had another screen that he could use, which he did use. But he never forgave me about it. We were together, oh, I want to say maybe uh, 25 years, and we were all in England for something. And I sat next to him at dinner time, and I asked him, I go, are you still mad at me about that? He goes, yeah. <laughs> goes, it, it, it didn't come out how I wanted it to. He still holds a grudge? <laughs> oh, well. You're like, I was seven. I was a kid, you know. Right. In the scene with you guys and like the boats and you were singing and then... Everybody falls out. Yeah, they fall out. Was the water like super cold or did anything happen during that scene? It was April in Austria. The pond freezes. What do you think? Oh my it goodness. It was ice cold and it was real mucky on the bottom. It's not a spring-fed pond. It was actually built by King Leopold who built the house that they used for the backdrop. So it's only four feet deep, but it's just like muck oh. and leeches and I don't know what else. I don't even want to know what else. <laughs> so, and it's still kind of icky looking. I was there um, two years ago and we were looking at the water and it's just murky. It's just awful. Yeah. Is it true in that scene, the youngest almost drowned? Is that true? Yep. Yes, it is. it's true. She couldn't swim and Julie was supposed to scoop her up. But Julie fell out the backside. And so oh. the assistant director, he dove right in and he found her. And then they kind of figured out how to make it look like Louisa picked her up. Mm -hmm. So, but we had okay. to do it twice. <laughs> once just for safety. Yeah. <laughs> once yeah. wasn't enough. She's probably traumatized yeah. from that experience as a child, uh, I'm sure. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> reading, reading about this stuff, this was amazing to me. Okay. So... When The Sound of Music was released in 1965, mm -hmm. so it earned 10 Academy Award nominations, it won five Oscars, and then it was the longest first-run movie ever. It was in the theaters for four and a half years. What? Four and a half years. So Debbie's in elementary school, and by the time it ends its run, she's almost in high school. Oh. That's so right. What was that like for you going back and having your film out there like did kids treat you differently right in school yes. oh yeah <laughs> they did not all kids but there were mean kids and i went to a private school and i had to take a bus home and they were wicked mean you know they would chant you know you're a movie star movie star so i switched and went to public schools they were a lot nicer <laughs> so they learn about you before they actually meet you Right. And I had quite a few different people say, well, I always heard that you were a snot. You're actually pretty nice. <laughs> right. In that situation, Debbie, is it literally like you're waiting for it to get released? And then once it releases, it's like, boom, 
your life changes, your family's life changes. Is that kind of how it worked? Like now everybody kind knows of, my, Yeah. Kind of. I mean, I, I'd get recognized. I don't know. I, I don't know how to handle fame very well, I guess. <laughs> so, yeah. But for some reason, they, they put movie stars up on a pedestal, which I think is stupid. But <laughs> Well, Steph, The Sound of Music was so successful that adjusted for ticket price inflation, The Sound of Music is the third highest grossing film of all time behind Gone with the Wind and Star Wars. Wow. Like it was that successful. Like amazing to be part of that. It is incredible to the fact that it still shows once or twice a year on TV to this day. It's amazing to me that it's lasted 60 years. I'm amazed even all the reunions you've done on the Oprah Winfrey show at the Lifetime Achievement Awards, at ABC News. Whenever we've been interviewed over the years, people go, tell us the dirt. And I go, there isn't yeah. any. You know, yeah. we're, we're about as clean and proper as it gets. So, And see, that's what I miss. Like, why can't everyone be like that now? And now it's just horrible. <laughs> the only negative I ever saw when I was researching this was Christopher Plummer, who was the father, was not a big fan of the movie because he was such a like Shakespeare type actor. Oh, really? So that was the only thing I ever read. I don't even know if that's true. Yeah, that's true. And he felt it was sort of beneath him until later in life when he realized that was what put him on the map. Oh, okay. And the last time we saw him was, we were in Chicago. I want to say it was either 45 or 50. And um, I sat next to him. We had a long conversation. He was so sweet. Okay, let me go back to my notes here, Debbie, because I thought this was amazing stuff. So, for Christopher Plummer's role, here are the people who did not get the part. Mm-hmm. Sean Connery, Richard Burton, Bing Crosby. They were all in the running to play I Captain Von I didn't know Von about Trapp. Bing Crosby. I saw that multiple places. Yeah. I knew about the other two, but I didn't know about Bing Crosby. Yeah. Before the role went to the relatively newcomer, Christopher Plummer. You look at Christopher Plummer like only he could have right. played that role. Right. With it how just he, Yes. Just how he carried himself. Okay. With Julie Andrews for Maria... Producers also had in mind Grace Kelly, Doris Day, because Mary Poppins had not released yet uh-huh. when they started filming. So they weren't sure whether she could carry a film like that yet when they announced that it was Julie. Well, Andrews. they didn't think she was pretty enough. Really? Which is That's, crazy. Right. Because she's beautiful. But that That's was one of the things that went around. See, I just love her because she just, even in like the act, she just loved you guys well, she was relatable. so much. She was relatable. Yeah. Absolutely. She was funny. She was really funny. She'd tell us jokes. One of, one of the jokes she told us, why I remembered, I don't know. Back in those days, do you, you guys are probably too young to know this. There was a joke that went around, what's black and white and red all over? Yes! A newspaper, right? Mm-hmm. But she told us, she goes, what's black and white, 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 black and white and red all over? A nun who just rolled down a hill. <laughs> <laughs> I bet as kids you would love that. That's oh, a good yeah. joke. We thought it was pretty funny. All right, Steph, I'm going to test you again here. What is your favorite book of all time? Uh, obviously, it's the Bible, Kevin. <laughs> yes. Nailed it. Very good. This time, you didn't say the book we wrote called You Met Her Where. But it's still a really good book. That is true. And it would make a great gift for friends or relatives on their birthday or for Christmas. Friends, you can order your copy of our book titled You Met Her Where at KevinAndSteph.com. And we will make sure to personally sign a copy for you or whoever you want. And as always, thank you for listening to Tell Us a Good Story. 
All right, Debbie. So for all of our guests, I like to give a list of fun facts. So okay. listeners kind of know what you've done. And of course, most listeners are going to know what you've done. But Steph is not aware of any of these. So you're going to okay. see her genuine reaction on all these. All right. Now, if I'm wrong on any of these, please correct me, Debbie. Okay? Okay. So she already took my first fun fact here. <laughs> but Debbie grew up in a showbiz family. Starting at the age of six months, she appeared in numerous commercials and TV shows. When she tested for The Sound of Music on February 7th, 1964, the producers thought she was so adorable that they signed her almost immediately on the spot. Debbie? I have no idea. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I saw. I have no idea. (laughs) That is actually listed on your IMDb page. They like they wanted you immediately, and they almost signed you on the spot. I don't even know who put that up, but um, yeah, no, I have no idea if that's true or not. Cool if it was, but yeah. <laughs> I don't know if it was. So next fun fact stuff. During filming, Debbie, again, age seven, lost both of her front teeth and had to wear false ones for filming. So how hard was it to sing then when you have like dentures in your mouth, right? And, and <laughs> false teeth. Upper and lower because I first lost the ones on the bottom. And when we were in Europe, I hadn't lost any teeth yet, but they were getting really loose. So I had to eat on the side of my mouth. They're, you know, can't knock those teeth out. We don't have a dentist in Salzburg. <laughs> and um, so when we got back and it was more, all the singing was done beforehand. You know, it's all recorded in a recording studio. So there was no problem singing. But okay. um, certain scenes, I have a little bit of a lisp because I've got an upper and a lower denture. Oh, gosh. It's more like tough. a retainer with teeth on it, you know, <sighs> so... All right, next fun fact. After graduating from college in California, Debbie worked in a ski resort where she met her husband, Rick Larson. They married in 1980. Debbie became a skier and was the West Coast Ski Racing Champion. That's incredible. It was held at Mammoth and Mammoth Mountain up in um, Central California, I guess. It was an intramural team for my high school. And yeah, I I beat everybody, including the guys. So that's true. Bravo, Debbie. So Debbie, (laughs) you transitioned right into a normal life with going to college, getting your degree. What led you to want to, I guess, get out of Hollywood, get out of showbiz? Well, I, I ended up, I actually didn't get my degree. I went to college. I went to USC for a year and a half. And then I went to Orange Coast College for two years at night school. But I ended up going up to Utah, uh, where my sister was a ski instructor up at Snowbird Resort. And I didn't know what I wanted to do, you know. And that's when I met Rick, my husband. And we dated while we were up there. And then we stayed in touch after the season was over. And a couple of years later, here we got married. (laughs) And now I'm a grandmother with seven grandkids and one more on the way. Oh, congratulations. Not only did she get married but had four children, four daughters, and they moved Mm -hmm. to a suburb of Minneapolis in Minnesota. So what did your kids think, Debbie, when they're growing up and you're showing them the sound of music or they see it on TV? What was their initial reactions, I guess, when they see that? It was kind of meh. Really? (laughs) They weren't impressed? Well, the funny thing about that is, like, my mom always had it going. I mean, she'd have it going on two or three TV sets if it happened to be playing. And so they'd be like, okay, (laughs) enough already, you know? (laughs) Okay, so speaking of parents, that was one thing I was going to ask you. When you were filming on the set, what were your parents like? Were they kind of like 
taking you off to the side, like make sure you get in the shot, make sure you're front and center. What were parents like <laughs> they, they back no, then? They had no say in the matter. My mother was with me. Um, my dad actually came over with my sisters, but my mom was with me every day. And no, she had nothing to say about it because that's not her place. You know, okay. it's the director. If you like what you hear, please tell someone about us. As soon as this episode is over, go tell your spouse, your closest friend, a parent, a coworker, or share one of our posts on social media. However, if you don't like what you're hearing, please do not. Don't tell anyone. Don't tell anyone. Don't tell anybody. Just disregard this message. Don't worry about it. Forget about us. Yep. Go on with your merry day. And to get more information about us or our entire catalog of episodes, be sure to check us out at kevinandsteph.com. Thank you for listening to Tell Us a Good Story. Okay, so final fun fact here, Steph. Mm-hmm. This one's going to blow your mind. Debbie started a successful upscale floor design business in the early 1990s. She was chosen in 2017 to be one of the floral designers at the White House for Christmas. In 2016, she was asked to design the flowers at the memorial reception for the late rock legend, Prince. I've got to keep going here. In 2011, she was chosen as one of three float judges for the Pasadena Tournament of Roses Parade. And then in 2008, <laughs> Steph, Debbie was one of four floral designers chosen to do the flowers for the Republican National Convention in St. Paul, Minnesota. Oh, my goodness. So very talented. Very, very talented accomplished. Woman. <laughs> yes. So Or lucky, one of the two. <laughs> I'm going to go accomplished. Let's go with that one. <laughs> so what led you to starting your own company then and getting into this type of business? Well, I've, I've always been an artist and doing TV work and such growing up, you know, there's a lot of downtime. And when you have downtime, you color and you do this and that and the next thing when you don't have school. So I kind of was always very much into art. And I started out by doing a craft show. Gosh, that was a really long time ago. And I made wreaths. It was at Christmas time. And I sold everything. I thought, well, that's unusual. I mean, I figured I'd have to tear down and take stuff home, but I didn't. I didn't have a thing left. And from that, um, there was a woman that asked me to do some stuff for her house. And then from there, I got a client that asked me to do um, her daughter's wedding flowers. And that blossomed into 25 years worth of pretty amazing stuff. So I'm still doing weddings, but I also do a little bit of gardening design and stuff, which is more therapeutic than anything for me, but it's a lot of fun. I want to know what it was like decorating the White House or doing Princess Flowers. Right. Well, I'll start with Princess Flowers. That was just like doing a wedding or anything else. It was basically a bunch of centerpieces. And I loved it because, you know, it was all purple and white. And so, yeah, it was it was cool. Loved Prince. Wish I could have met him at one point. He lived less than two miles from me, but he was kind yeah. of a night owl. He was he was out in the middle of the night, and that's when moms sleep. So <laughs> I never, <laughs> never uh, connected. But doing the White House... It was something that I wanted to do for many years. I applied for it for many, many years. And all of a sudden, one time, just out of the blue, it said, you've been accepted. And I think I, I remember the moment reading it, it popped up on my phone. My phone made a weird noise. And I pulled over and I looked. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> and I screamed. And then I drove. I don't even know where, where I went. But it was the coolest and most grueling job I think I've ever done. It was a week long. And every night I'd I'd go back to the hotel and I'd have to take a bubble bath because I 
I couldn't move. <laughs> so, but what anyway. an experience. Oh, what an experience. oh, it totally so, was. Yeah. Did um, you ever see the president or first lady when you were there? The first lady we saw. Uh-huh. Um, th- yeah, they had a reception party for everybody. And she basically kind of made an appearance and came down the stairs. Okay. To say hello. I mean, she was one of these people where if she went into the crowd, everybody would come around her because they all wanted to touch and a high, you know, and for her protection, she really didn't go into the crowd. But yeah, she came down the stairs. I remember she was wearing this really beautiful white dress and she just looked like an angel coming down. I thought, this is the coolest thing. And so. Well, listeners, for more information about Debbie, you can go to her website, DebbieTurnerOriginals.com. And on that website, you can order items made by Marta. You can order a 55th anniversary Sound of Music scrapbook that she designed. And then also, yes, right there. Aww. Can you tell us about that book that you, you helped design? Well, yeah. The original design was done by somebody else. And this last version of it, Angela Cartwright and I went through and we made the changes and corrections and things that the original person either missed or we didn't like. And, and we added updated photographs. But it basically, it goes through the entire story of The Sound of Music, not just us, but Mary Martin and when she did Broadway for so many years, and then the real Von Trapp family, and then personal stories. So we basically went through and just made it more what we wanted in the first place. So what was it like meeting the original Von Trapp family? The first time we met them was on the Oprah Winfrey show. I saw that show. Did you? Yes, I did. Yeah. It was interesting because they they called us the non-traps. The non-traps. <laughs> the non-traps and the von traps. Were they upset by anything that may have not been historically accurate in the movie? Maria was. Maria. Was she? Um well, I met Maria when I was eight. Okay. And I did an appearance at something in Temple City, California, and she was there too. But I met her and I kept thinking, you know, you're eight. And that's not Julie Andrews. She was very, <laughs> she was very um, gruff, I'll say. Maybe okay. that's a good word. And I was sort of afraid of her because she just kind of looked at me like, I don't know. So I, I did get a picture with her, but she was mad because she, she sold the rights to some German company to make a movie. So there was a, actually a German film that was called a family von trap i think okay and they sold the rights to 20th century fox and so they got it for a song i mean they they barely paid anything and she got mad because of how successful it became because it was done by robert weiss you know right yeah she wasn't happy about it but the the von trap family they've always been great well debbie Thank you so very much for saying yes to us. This was fantastic. Again, thank you for answering my emails and, and my repeat emails right, and saying yes to us. So thank you very Thanks, much. Thanks, Debbie. Well, it's been a lot of fun. Thank you for having me. I appreciate that. Friends, we want to encourage you to please follow us wherever you listen to this, whether it's on the Apple Podcast app, iHeartRadio, Spotify, or one of the other platforms. You guys, it's completely free. And while you're there, feel free to give us a rating or a nice review. Thank you for listening to Tell Us a Good Story.